Hello, everyone, and welcome to Health Chats. This is Stacy, the Health Chats moderator. Today, we are going to talk about a topic that is somewhat taboo in the fitness industry. It's toxic fitness. Today, we have Joy Miles, who is a fitness instructor extraordinaire with flair, I will say. Joy Miles from Chicago has been in the fitness industry for over 20 years. She is an endurance coach. She is an ACE certified group of fitness instructor, as well as a balanced body certified Pilates trainer. She's a USA triathlon level one certified coach, USA track and field level one certified coach, USMS level one, level two certified coach, and a USA cycling level three coach. In addition to all those things, she, when she's not out side and she's not in the gym and she's doing all those other things she's actually training runners on the lake front path in chicago she trains marathons and she supports triathlon as well in chicago you can catch joy any day encouraging her runners with her signature tutu and i have to tell you I love her philosophy. It is, I meet you where you are. Joy Miles is a special treat. She is so encouraging. And I have to say, as someone who has been the benefactor of her wonderful, kind encouragement with a little tough love, I will say, Joy is simply amazing. What a treat to have her today. And take a listen to this very interesting podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Health Chats. Today we have Miss Joy Miles, and she's going to chat with us about toxic fitness. And so, hello, Miss Joy. It's Stacy. Hey, hey. <laughs> so, Joy. Thank you for joining us today. And I wanted to um, learn about your background and if you could share with the Health Chat audience a little bit about yourself and how you got into the fitness industry. I was glad to. So um, prior to doing fitness full-time, I was working in fitness part-time. Um, I used to work in association management and in finance, um, but I also worked as a part-time trainer mm -hmm. and group exercise instructor. I actually got into fitness, um, actually early on, I would, um, I actually worked at a gym in high school. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is during the summer, which okay. is kind of cool. Um, yes, I'm the kid who did not like going to gym class. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? I wonder why. <laughs> um, but... I never paid for a gym membership, so um, after I graduated from college, I moved back to the Chicago area, ended up working for a gym, mm -hmm. so I could get a free gym membership. Uh, oh, so a, two, a twofer, a twofer. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, working um, in retail, but I was always taking the classes, and a friend of mine was like, 
I was taking her classes all the time, and she was using me as her demo. She's like, why don't you just get certified? So I ended up getting certified for group exercise. Okay. And I was literally subbing for her when she went on maternity leave. Oh, wow. Um, That led into getting um, Pilates certified, personal training certified, which eventually led to becoming an endurance coach. Oh, man. (laughs) Wow. Okay. I, find, I was doing 5Ks, 10Ks. I was helping people out. Um, I did my first try, oh, God, over 20-plus years ago, somewhere around there when I was, you know, young, dumb, and stupid. And my <laughs> I didn't know how to swim, learned how to swim in three months. What? Right before the try. Yeah, that was oh. the most stupid. Do as coach says, not as coach does. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and I was understanding the concepts of swimming because I was relating it to Pilates. Okay. And I ended up um, being, getting certified as um, a USA tri coach in 2013, mm-hmm. um, getting certified as a US Master Swim Coach, getting certified um, in Roadrunners Club of America as a run coach. Yay. Um, yes. <laughs> And a whole bunch of plethora other <laughs> right. And um, when I lost my job in um, finance, yeah, I just like, oh, okay, that was a job. I have a career. Mm-hmm. I was working in fitness, and I just took it full time. Haven't looked back since. That is amazing. Well, that is real. I think that's good for people to understand that you actually can make your recreational life really can become your, you know, your full time career and, you know, using your passion to actually make a living. So that is, that's a positive part of fitness. But today we're actually going to talk about toxic fitness. And so, you know, you and I, um, we, you know, we're both avid fitness folks. We've been around quite a while (laughs) and including myself, you know, I was a running coach for, we're we're seasoned. seasoned. I like that. It's seasoned. So we've been able to experience a lot of different communities and fitness and fitness culture. And I just want to give a little some data here. So one thing the listeners may not know is that the gym and health and fitness industry is a $32.5 billion industry. Billion, billion. And that's important for people to know because we're going to talk about toxic fitness. And I just, I want to define that for people because once they hear the definition, they're going to be like, oh, Geez, hmm, we spending all this money on an industry and hmm, it may not be as inclusive as we would like it to be. So the definition of toxic fitness is social characteristics, language and habits that promote or reinforce ableism, fat phobia, racism, classism, elitism, body shaming LGBTQIA hatred under the guise of fitness and wellness. Ooh, we need to breathe. Yeah. Let's just breathe. Let's just breathe right there. Let's take, <laughs> Let's take a moment. Because wait, wait, there's a part two. Let me let me do the part two and then I promise I will be silent and let you take it. 
Toxic fitness culture and diet culture are intertwined with blaming, placing the blame on the individual for ways their body shows up. Those words are actually from Ilya Parker, whose pronouns are he and they. They're a non-binary, trans-masculine person who's a physical therapist assistant in North Carolina, who actually has a phenomenal podcast. I will I always give shout outs to folks on decolonizing fitness. That's powerful right there, right? That's some power. Power? All right. So, Joy. Yes. We've, you know, we there's a couple examples of toxic fitness, like, you know, basically fitness should look a certain way. Uh, personal oh, trainers God. are supposed okay. to look a certain way. You know, if your body doesn't show up in a certain way, you, you're not supposed to be even in the room. Right. So yes. you and I have experienced this firsthand, unfortunately. Oh, God. I, I, yeah. I experienced this this year. When I went to a yoga club, so it was, oh, two, two 2020. It's been a long year, right? So it's still 2020. Yeah, <laughs> still 2020. That's right. It's 2020 again. back in, um, yeah, pre-COVID days. So back in January, I went to a, uh, a Pilates class. And literally, it, you know, these women were like, hmm, why are you here? Uh-huh. Like you, like somebody doesn't belong here, and why is she we don't here? Have a seat at the table. She doesn't look like she belongs here, right? Because uh-huh. my body, my presentation, um, how I walk through the earth doesn't necessarily fit the standard of somebody who should be coming to a Pilates class. Nevertheless, uh-huh. I showed up, and I continue to show up. So now that I have defined toxic fitness for the audience. I'm going to be quiet and be schooled by Miss Joy, and you can shed some sprinkles on this conversation. <laughs> well, let, let's, start off with, let's start off with the Pilates world. Okay. The Pilates world is not inclusive. Yeah, yeah. I, there is a movement in trying to demystify um, racism in the Pilates culture. Mm-hmm. Because it is seen as elitist, it is seen as not attainable because everyone you see in Pilates is, you know, these look like Barbie dolls with ripped abs and they can move and they're tiny and they're petite and they probably wear a size double zero. Right. Oh, there are probably former ballerinas not knocking the ballet profession or um, gymnasts. Right. But that's what they see. Correct. I come into a room. I'm built like an Amazon and I have an afro. I was going to say, beware of the afro. I am am not going to be scientific with the words because some people just don't understand it. You're going to take up space. That's right. That's right. How is your body moving? That's right. Why am I doing this? Correct. Oh, well, I need to do this and I need to do that. No, no, no. Just stop thinking. Right. What is your body feeling? Right. That's how I see it. And I, I mean, people discriminate. Number one, um, I've been discriminated against just from people thinking my name doesn't give me away. So you don't know what my race is when you see my name on paper. And I think it's a good thing and a bad thing. But then when they see me, right. they don't want to do a session with me. 
because wow. I don't know what I'm talking about. That's, yeah, wow. Really? Okay. Oh, you've been doing Pilates for all this time? Okay, let me see what you can do. Um, no, I need you to do this. This is what's happening in your body. Mm-hmm. Once I give them a little nugget of education, I'm not going to give you everything. Mm-hmm. I am not giving you the cow. Well, you shouldn't have to feel like you have to prove your worthiness. And I always have to. And I mean, being a black woman, you always have to work twice as hard to get half as much credit. Um, But we see it. And then size, Mm -hmm. you have to be a certain weight. No, if you have a body, you can move it. And I don't know where people are getting where you have to be a certain weight or a certain size to do fitness right i mean look at the olympics and this is the perfect example yeah i like telling people track and field look at the field athletes Mm -hmm. who are doing shot put who are doing javelin Mm -hmm. who are doing the hammer throw those women are strong they are strong they are strong they're doing things that i know i would not be able to do Mm -hmm. i look at female powerlifters. Mm-hmm. They're lifting weights that I can't imagine lifting. This is it proves how remarkable that the human body is. But right. Right. there's all those little naysayers. Oh, well, she just eats too much and she doesn't care or he doesn't care because he's just a slob. Right. Well, you know what? They might have a medical condition. Right. There might be an underlying condition of what's going on. Have you ever asked? It's a but but why ask. does it matter? Really, that there, how matter. someone pre- presents themselves really it has no matter. bearing on anyone else. They're showing because up. Guess, that's right. I mean, we're in agreement. <laughs> it, it, it goes to the point of the book Fit or Fat by Sally Edwards. Well, yeah, yeah. Someone yeah. can someone can look fit. But they're actually fat. Oh, well, they have a very uh, high body fat percentage. Well, I so I was gonna I was gonna say that <laughs> because I work in o, I work in obesity medicine, so uh-huh. I that was exactly what I was gonna say. That's right. To be fat. That's right. But they're fit. That's right. If you go by the BMI charts, which they need to get we, rid of, we need to get rid of it. We do because it, they used it in the 1920s for insurance purposes. This is true. Yes. Height and weight. So all NFL players. All obese, obese. exactly. Exactly. To the BMI chart. Exactly. Every athlete is considered obese. Obese. That's right. You're not considering in the fact, okay, can they do a squat? Can they stand up and sit down? Basic human movements that you should be able to do. Right. So the shift, yeah, the shift is not on function, it is on so much placed on Aesthetics. aesthetics, correct? Yeah. Like, how does a person look? And this goes right into diet culture. Oh, oh I was just going to, I was going to go there. <laughs> I mean, I was I trying to refrain. In, in the fitness industry, mm-hmm. um, as a personal trainer, it was all about fat burners and everyone was taking fat burners. Mm-hmm. And you have to be skinny. You have to be this. You have to be this. You have to be this size. Right. No, actually, I'm sorry. I like to eat. Right. I like food. So I, I did like how it tastes. I want to just shed some light for the listeners out here. So the weight loss industry, so another industry, 
people spend $72 billion per year uh -huh. on the weight loss industry. So, I mean, when you're, when you're saying that, I mean, really this, we are pouring billions of dollars into this and it is unfortunate that people are getting sicker and sicker and sicker, not only physiologically sicker, but mentally, you know, having yes. this constant vicious cycle of you must appear this way. You don't appear this way. You're not good enough. It becomes, it becomes body, just this body dysmorphic it, issue with exactly, everyone. Exactly. Um, and then it gets to the point where we're not teaching people to seek out registered, registered, keyword here, registered, certified dietitian, dietitians, nutritionists. Correct. We're looking in the back of a magazine and we're looking at this ad. Oh, this person lost 50 pounds and they yeah. took this pill. Well, what if I take five of these pills? Yeah. I'm going to lose a whole bunch of weight, but no one knows what the long-term effects are. Well, We're not thinking about what's going to happen to your heart, what's going to happen to your metabolism, right. um, what's going to happen to liver function, kidney function. Is it going to keep you awake all night long because there's so much caffeine in it? I'm glad I like my coffee. Exactly. <laughs> my coffee. Like, don't take my coffee away from me. Exactly. There's so many chemicals exactly. in this stuff. We don't know what it's going to do to you. We don't. And we taught, and I, I was speaking to another trainer about this. If we talk not about exercise and diet culture because it's actually starting in the elementary schools now. It is. Yeah. But if we talked about, if we, if we, instead of exercise, how about movement? Movement. Amen. Movement because is medicine. Movement. kids who are just not meant to like touch a ball right. or, you know, run yeah. or jump. Right. Those, those awkward kids who just teach them how to move in their body. So when they become adults, it's not so hard to learn and not hard to retrain the body. And understanding that it's natural. Movement is natural. natural. Oftentimes people put so much energy on, as soon as you say exercise, you know, um, oh it, they're just like, oh my God, oh my God. I mean, I, I literally have, right. And I'm like, no, I'm just, you know, I say this to patients that I see, I'm like, I just kind of, I mean, unfortunately, we even have guidelines, national guidelines, American Diabetes Association, American Heart Association guidelines. We're begging you to move 150 minutes per week. That's 30 that's minutes per day. That's right. Five times a week. You, you know, we, it is unfortunate. But again, um, you know, and you're saying things that I, you know, I, I'm I'm listening to the parallels of the fitness community and the healthcare community. And, yes. you know, we, we're, we, you know, we, we need to do better. So I just want to say that because we promote, we have weight bias. We uh -huh. have the literature is clear that we stigmatize patients. Patients come in, they don't get the same level of care. Surveys have showed that 50% of, 50% uh, of physicians believe patients who are overweight or, or, or obese are lazy. And then yeah. what happens is they don't get the same level of care. Then oftentimes if they need care, 
they don't want to come back into the healthcare system. No, so they forego it, right? They forego the care. And then unfortunately, that, I was going to say that their outcomes are oftentimes poorer because they have such mistrust, distrust of the healthcare system. So we need to do better. We need to do better. And then the health, yeah. the distrust of the fitness industry because they think we need to look, I had someone like, well, I don't want to look bulky like you. Yeah. I'm like, first of all, me, we are two different body types. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Like, to, you cannot compare yourself to me. I can't compare yourself myself to you. Amen. Right. We are two different people. Yeah. They, and just, I mean, I know some, I know a trainer who actually has gotten, who has left the industry mm-hmm. because um, she was fat shamed. Yeah. She was completely fat shamed. Someone's like, why would I want to train with her because she's fat? I'm like, well, do you know she's a power lifter? I was just going to say, yeah. Or a swimmer. <laughs> she, she is a powerful woman yeah. and she is very strong and she cares mm-hmm. about women empowerment mm-hmm. and trying to get women to lift heavy. I mean, her, her shtick was to help women lift heavy shit. Right. I love that. I and love it. <laughs> she was so stigmatized by men who were literally making fun of her while she was lifting. Yeah. Saying that she had no business being in the gym because she's fat. She had no business being in the gym wearing a personal training shirt. Hmm. She left the industry because of that. And, and that's really and what this is. That's a problem. We need people like her because what happens is so few people feel as though health is available to them. And so that I'm, you know, I'm a big proponent of health at every size movement and really trying to get people to understand that health is available to you regardless of how you show up, irrespective of how you present. You and I tell people yeah. I meet you where you're at. And I love that. I love that saying. I do. It is so but important. My favorite is people need to realize that, but then it's but then it's the trainers who make us all look bad, mm. who are touting advice they have no damn business giving. In the state of Illinois, mm-hmm. personal trainers are not allowed to give diet and nutritional advice. We can give a broad generalization sure. that was covered mm-hmm. in your certification, Correct. but by state law, we cannot prescribe diet plans. Mm-hmm. We cannot tell you how to go about your eating and your nutrition. You have to go through a certified registered dietitian. Okay. It's like, don't step on the toes. It's, we have to work together, but there's these trainers who are all about, well, if you want to train with me, you need to lose this much weight. Well, what is the goal of the client? I was just going to ask you. Yeah, what is the goal? What, what are they is... trying to do? Right. Is it weight loss? Mm-hmm. Is it to feel better? Mm-hmm. Are they trying to be able to pass their military fitness exam? Mm-hmm. Or increase are flexibility? Trying... Right. You know, there's all kinds. Are they trying to be able to pick up their child right. with not, without throwing their back out? Yeah. I mean, just something simple as that. I mean, I had one woman ask me, can you teach me how to ride a bike? Wow. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all she wanted to do was to learn how to ride a bike, not lift weights. Right. Not. She's like, I just want a bike commute. That's all I want to do. But I've never learned how to ride a bike. Wow. That's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or I just want to. How can I be able to go from walking to maybe doing a jog mm-hmm. or a run? I don't. I mean, it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And. I think personal trainers, anyone in the fitness industry, I think should also take a Hippocratic oath. First, do no harm. Okay. That's what it should boil down to. But as I tell people, I mean, I've experienced on both ends. I've been told I was, I've been told by even fitness professionals, I'm too fat. Wow. 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 Because I actually was going to ask you that question, like, have you experienced sexism or racism or, you know, body or any of that in in your fitness industry? So I was, yeah, I was saving that, but I was wondering if you had experienced that personally. I was too fat. I'm five, 11 and I'm damn near six feet. I was just going to say, I'm like, I know. I fluctuate between... (laughs) 145 and 150. Yeah, I know. I was told I was too skinny yeah. that I looked anorexic. I've been told, uh, well, maybe, why don't, if you want more clients, why don't you wear shorter, tighter clothes? Um, I am not wearing booty shorts in the gym. I'm um, sorry. What? Um, no. Like, people would it's actually, people would actually say that, use that language? Like... That is just so inappropriate. I had a male fitness director at another gym that is no longer in business. We will not call its name. Okay. Told me maybe I should wear some booty shorts and maybe wear a sports bra and maybe I'll get more clients. Wow. No. Mm -mm. I was the only female trainer. But I had the most clients because I didn't discriminate on who I trained. I didn't care if a person was gay. What do you want to do? What you want to be able to run a half marathon? Okay, I got you. Yeah. What you want to be able to lift your body weight without hurting yourself? I got you. Okay. Or someone who's a little bit larger. Mm-hmm. I just want to feel comfortable in my own skin, mm-hmm. girl. I got you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had racism because, again, I walk in a room. They don't think I know anything because they just look at the color of my skin. Wow. Obviously, I don't know anything. Mm. I had one person to actually apologize Mm. after the fact. Found out what my background was. Found out what school I went to. And was like, I'm so sorry. Mm. I thought. I'm like, you assumed. And we all know about assumptions. Mm -hmm. I won't say it for you, honey. But even just letting that land, I mean, to even, even though I am of a similar background, it, when you hear someone else use, tell their story, you feel every bit of it because it is so real. It just, you feel it in the gut. You know, that Uh you're constantly having, like, this is the fitness industry. You know, you feel like, you know, everybody should be like, you want everybody to get better, feel well, like, hey, and just to hear that, right, but to hear that you have to 
negotiate this just to help people get better is so scary. And I think it's, I don't know if it's an American culture, but in other cultures, I'm hearing it from other trainers worldwide. Okay. There's other things. It's like, oh, well, women shouldn't work out or, well, you shouldn't look like this or things of that nature, which doesn't make any sense. Don't you want people to feel better? Right. Look better. Not look better, but mostly feel better. Feel better. Well, what happens if... We rethink health and wellness and just getting people moving, getting people to understand how their body moves, Mm -hmm. understand how they're fueling their body, Mm -hmm. then maybe, just maybe, the healthcare system won't be so overwhelmed. Well, maybe we might have soldiers who are going into the military not have to take remedial training because they're not fit for service. I mean, and I would agree with you, your job directly feeds into my job and Uh it is, um, the mere fact that you have to affirm patients, I mean, uh, clients and say to them, I accept you for who you are and how you present now gives them permission to show up when I refer people to, you know, you really, I really would like for you to get training. And I've had people, you know, I work in obesity medicine. So I have patients who are just like, I don't want to go to a gym because I, the people there make me feel like I don't belong. Right. I don't belong. And so the very thing that, you know, I am trying to communicate to them and encourage them. I need people, you know, allies and other, you know, collaborators in different industries to work in conjunction. There's so much collaboration yes. that has to go on, um, you know, between health industry and health care because, you know, we, we really need to work in tandem. And it's unfortunate when we do send people, we do refer people, you know, and we have, like I said, we have to do better too. I mean, we, we need to work on our own personal stuff, um, you know, but to be there and available, I personally want to say thank you for making yourself that one, being that one that people can show up and say, you know, I can just show up and this person's going to receive me and, and assist me in me being better, not trying to change me or judge me. Um, and I think and that's so just, important. It work that way. And I mean, I used to do fitness competitions. I used to do fitness and figure competitions. And my last competition was what got me out of it. Yeah. Where I was told that I was just too fat. I'm sorry, I'm wearing this really itty bitty tiny bling down bikini. I'm wearing five inch hooker heels and you're telling me I'm fat. Yeah. I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, well, you're putting me in a tall class and tall class was considered by this one um, one um, body, one um, competing body, five foot four to five foot 11. 
Oh, well, well, I look different. Right, exactly. Five foot four is going to look completely different right. than me at five foot eleven and a half. Right, exactly. And like, and these girls were literally taking like on extreme diets. Yeah. Taking diuretics, um, and it's like, no, I like to eat real foods. Yeah. I don't believe in taking that mess. Like, why are you taking this stuff? I so, mean, it was like, you had to be so thin, 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 thin. It's like, no. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things that, you know, I, I hate to say it, but it's almost the fitness industry has to, quote, unquote, come out about their own toxicity in order for them to change what is going on and so yeah so that that's my next question my question is first you know it's like anything you have to acknowledge that you have a problem and then once you acknowledge you have a problem how do you change that and i guess that's kind of where i'm leading this discussion is what are your thoughts on trying to make change in the fitness industry i mean besides the fact of you being fabulous and phenomenal like how can we how can we okay you feel like it's at the certification okay it starts there first because we need to rethink and retrain okay. those who are in the the biggest the big personal training group fitness certifications that guess what not fitness is not one size fits all okay because if you ever seen those one size fits all outfits they are laugh right exactly it, <laughs> that's right it does not exactly. but fitness is not one size fits all everyone is uniquely different and if mm -hmm. we think if you approach it that everyone is unique everyone is different mm -hmm. then you can relate to the client mm -hmm. understand where they are what their journey is mm -hmm. for fitness because some of them have trauma from fitness going all the way back to gym class. Yeah, this is, yeah. It goes all the way back to elementary school dodgeball. Mm-hmm. This is true. And people don't realize this. Yeah. And as I tell people, I just have a conversation. Yeah. Don't ask, oh, well, how many meals a day do you eat and what size do you ideally want to be at and why would this, ask, try to find out their why. Mm-hmm. Why are they there? Not because they're coerced in there. This don't emphasize everything is about thinness, thinness, thinness. The skinnier you are, the better you're going to be. Not necessarily. Well, so that's the thing. So fitness, and and I'm I'm really trying to use the correct language. So you can always tell me if I'm wrong. I, I feel like it maybe the term fitness needs to be different because I think it needs to be redefined or broadly defined because I think when people think of fitness they automatically that word conjures up so many things and then you're kind of like hmm auto automatically it comes you know there's this you know uh, relationship between fitness and quote thinness and that's not really the same and so I mean, I know what you're saying. So I was going to ask you, so you said one way to decrease this or change, make the changes are at the certification level. Do you also have, right. are there like um, organizations that promote 
um, you know, uh, healthy at every size fitness trainers or like, is there a movement within industry right now trying to promote a, uh, a more accepting stance on fitness or is it still a struggle? I haven't seen it. Okay. I mean, within my, where I work now, um, we are all different sizes and we've all discussed this because mm -hmm. we have, we have some men who have, um, some body, body, body image issues. Dysmorphia. Okay. And we, we hear that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's a, it's going to be a slow process because we also have to think about what's going on in the diet industry, mm -hmm. the supplementation industry, mm -hmm. because every two seconds you see the, see another damn um, commercial. Right. Oh, and I've lost this much weight by taking this. Well, I drank all these shakes and mm -hmm. I lost this much weight. Yeah. Well, what happens if you stop eating the shit? Yeah, you're going to gain it. I know. I mean, this is, it's something I... Well, let's go yeah. back to a long time ago, and you probably remember this. Not yeah. a lot of people will remember this. When Oprah Winfrey lost all yeah, that weight. Yeah, right. Time, yeah, and she came out guys, with the wagon. Guys, she had her wagon. Her wagon, her red wagon effect. Yep. I, re yeah. I remember watching. <laughs> it's like, and then all of a sudden... Right. <laughs> And it's really trying to get, and what you're uh, essentially is leading, you know, leading me into a conversation on, I'm a big fan of intuitive eating, so not everybody feels that way, but the reality is, if you're buying, you know, por por uh, potions and packages, then when you stop buying the potions and the packages, eventually you're going to have to eat real food, right? So the reality is we need to go back to a you know there was a time when we weren't focusing on the potions and the packages and the shakes and all that so really just trying to understand you know food is fuel um yes. movement is medicine and using the two judiciously can help you restore your health i think it's unfortunate that there's um you know like I said, I work with people who literally they I think they know every diet there is. But what I tell people is diet is finite. It is finite, meaning you're going to go on it and you're going to go off it as opposed to uh -huh. lifestyle, which is so I think it's a whole mind shift that both. It, it has to be yeah, a mind shift. Yeah. And that's the only way it can happen because I tell people in there, oh, what diet are you on? And like the first three letters of the word diet is die. die. <laughs> I, I said that, and I remember our old registered dietitian who used to work here. The first thing I, I said, as soon as I said that, she died laughing so hard, and she was like, "I love you." <laughs> I mean, she literally looked at me like, "Wow." Yeah. And I mean, she even said it because she's from the south. Okay. And her family just likes to put everything, you know, fry everything and smother it in gravy. Mm -hmm. And she had to literally sneak and change recipes. Yeah. Like, hey, you can still have what you like. Right. But let's modify it. Modify. Yeah. But let's just let's just do a remix of it. Right. Modify. And and, and everything doesn't have to be so extreme. I mean, no. it's just modifications. So. And you just see it everywhere, but I just wish 
And it boils, it, it goes all the way back to how the, originally the Affordable Health Care Act was supposed to happen. It was supposed to be in a way that personal trainers would get money from insurance companies to help get people healthy, yeah, fitter, mm-hmm. yeah. healthier. Right. But it's not like that anymore. No, well, what has happened is the way it was written is it was supposed to incentivize individuals to get healthier. When you did that, and this is the way it was written, is it was written in such a way to incentivize people to get healthier. And and by doing so, you would get uh, discounts on your premiums, meaning you would not have to pay. uh, The most insurance is set up as the gold and the bronze and gold, silver, bronze. So if you have very few high risks, you pay least amount, you get the gold. If you have moderate, then you get the silver. And then of course, if you have your high risk, then you basically have to pay a higher amount. You get the least amount of deductions on your insurance. So it was designed to incentivize people to try to get healthier. And with that, there were going to be um, collaborations with like the fitness industry. So you get like so much off, like if you, you know, went to the gym and all these things. And, you know, I I am hoping that that happens. It is unfortunate that insurance rates are going through the roof right now. Well, the ironic part is I work in the fitness industry and our insurance is just horrific. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, um, we're very healthy. We can pass a, we can pass a cardiac stress test. Right. We can pass all the tests. And I told someone that, and they laughed. I'm like, I can actually pass the military fitness exam. I can tell yeah. you that right now. And someone laughed at me. I'm like, no, I've trained people to pass that fitness exam and to stay that way. Yeah, but a lot of the a lot of the the criteria is based on actuaries. So you I know. know it's not based on you know it's trust me. You and I, you know, we both you know are passionate about health and fitness, and you know I pray every day that like can I get a discount? You know, and you know the the reality know, is right? no, you can't because it's unfortunate that you know we have to pay for those who aren't able to pay. So that is um, how our system is set up. And, you know, it's an American system. It is. The system is set up for failure. Well, it is set up unlike any other system in the Western, uh, the 26 industrialized nations that don't have affordable universal health care. So I will not belabor that point because that will be a whole nother conversation. One of those things where I just wish just people would not think of gyms as punishment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, no, working out should not be punishment. Mm-hmm. Eating healthy should not be punishment. Mm-hmm. Working out should not think of it as exercise, but I have folks who were so happy when we reopened because mm-hmm. it was their stress reliever. Exactly. It helped them, you know, deal with the stressor of the day mm-hmm. or just get away from the computer. Mm-hmm. And have that time to either lift some weights or get on a stair climber. Um, I have one person like, that's how I get my ideas. Mm-hmm. I work mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. I can clear my head. Mm-hmm. I'm much more productive at work after I've had a workout. Mm-hmm. 
and he's like the the three months that we were shut down mm-hmm. he said was sheer hell yeah i believe it yeah, I mean, it's good for your mental health. I mean, I know people focus a lot on the physical, but the, it's a mental health is so key. Uh, and again, I'm like I said, I'm really big on movement. However you choose to move, it's just it makes you feel better. You know, it's, if you're just even having a little dance party in your kitchen. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I do that all the time. Me too. <laughs> So what, what, what are our solutions? We, we're winding down. So we're not going to solve yeah. the world's problems today. So, no, what, 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 <laughs> so what, what, what would be your recommendations to the fitness, to fitness instructors to make fitness more inclusive? Leave your bias and your ego at the door. Okay. Okay. We all, we all have biases. We might not think so, but we do. Yeah. Leave it at the door. Mm-hmm. First, do no harm. Mm-hmm. We are here to help, mm-hmm. to inspire, to motivate. Mm-hmm. It is not for our, our personal stage. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, I'm the expert because I look good and you have to listen to me. Man, you better get off their high horse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe a little cl- a class in empathy? Oh, God. Empathy is like the biggest thing ever. Just understand. Try to understand. Mm-hmm. Ask questions. Mm-hmm. Might not ask what their goal is or what do they want to do today. Mm-hmm. What do they want to achieve? I always go by asking my clients or anyone who comes in, how are you feeling today? Mm-hmm. That dictates how the session is going to go. Mm-hmm. By the end, they're like, I feel great. Mission accomplished. Yes. So really, the challenge is to go where your clients need you. Be yeah, present. Meet yeah, them. be meet them. Be present to meet them. them. Where they're at. That's right. You have to be present. That's right. You can't just la 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 not ignore them. You need to hear what they're saying. You need to hear what's in between the words because mm. that's going to give you the real thing of what's going on. Look at what their body is telling you because mm-hmm. their body is going to tell you something that their mouth is not going to tell you. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it sounds like they, the fitness industry has some work to do. Oh, yes. Well, thank you, Joy. <laughs> Joy, Joy. You so thank welcome. you, my dear. I really appreciate you and thank you for what you do. Thank you for showing up and allowing others to show up to be their best self. And I have to say, I have been the benefactor of Joy's greatness and her wisdom and her empathy and, um, you know, and helping me with my swim confidence. And I appreciate you. I just want that on the recording for the record. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you for what you do. Thank you so much for having me and for this podcast and your Healthy Chats um, page. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks so Yay. much. All right. I would like to take a moment to thank Miss Joy Miles for coming on Health Chats today. Joy can be reached at fitness724inc at gmail.com or Instagram fitness724. Any comments about this podcast or any podcast can be left with the moderator, Coach NP Stacy W at gmail.com or Instagram Coach Stacy W. Thanks for listening today.